Welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for February 8th, 2023. We've got a great show today, of course. We're talking EOS Network Foundation joins the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. We're talking Savings MSIG has been approved. We're, of course, talking still about inter-blockchain communication. we got some nice content coming on that topic from Trimbot, as well as Alcor Exchange. We're talking Pomelo Season 5 dates and Season 4 claims. we got a DeFi box annual report to go over. We've got EOS featured in the Bitcoinist publication. And hat tip to the recaps uh, from Lenny about the Eden Delegate commitments for this term. But before we get into that, let me tell you a bit about what EOS is all about. EOS is a layer one smart contract platform that is governed by its community and the only crypto network that had its foundation emerge organically from within the community years after the launch of the network. Last year, the EOS Network Foundation hit the ground running and established some much needed funding mechanisms for the community. Finally, longtime builders in the EOS ecosystem had access to funds to build the EOS projects they love through a variety of ENF-funded initiatives, such as the EOS Recognition Grants, the Pomelo Crowdfunding Platform for Public Goods, the Direct Grant Framework for Open Source Development, the Eden Community Consensus Building Process. And by the way, all of these EOS funding opportunities, except the Recognition Grants, are still available today. So whether you're new to our community or have been us with years, we encourage crypto builders of all kinds, from content creators to developers, to take a look at the hashtag new EOS and find out how you can get funded while adding value to the EOS ecosystem. On top of all these great funding mechanisms the ENF put in place in 2022, the ENF also hired the best devs in the space and helped establish a strong technical foundation that is now supporting exciting projects are in full bloom. Some solutions that were recommended as a result of the Blue, Blue Papers research series are now fully implemented, such as the Recover Plus framework that protects qualifying DeFi protocols and the Yield Plus program that boosts returns for a diverse, diversified range of DeFi protocols. Another big, big accomplishment last year was the spearhead was spearheaded by ENF was a successful forking of the B1 controlled EOSIO code base to the now community controlled Antelope code base. The Antelope Coalition, composed of the EOS Network, WAX, UX, and Telos Networks, was also established and are now working together on protocol development and enabling new synergies, such as inter-blockchain communication between all Antelope chains. In case it wasn't yet crystal clear, EOS is in the midst of an epic narrative reversal and hashtag the new EOS has the potential to become one of the most legendary crypto redemption arc stories of our generation. My name is Stefan, I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Nation, currently a top-ranked block producers in the game, and I'm happy and honored to be your host for today. So thank you for joining everyone who's live on Discord. Thank you for tuning in, everyone who's tuning in on Twitter, on YouTube, live or on the replay. We appreciate you uh, joining the show. We appreciate you being part of the community. Of course, we love to hear your comments, thoughts, questions and reactions to the news of the week that we discuss. So please feel free to jump into the conversation at any point. Even if you don't want to join us on stage, you can still do your part to make this show as engaging as possible. Share some images in the chat. Spam those emoji reactions on Discord. And let's help Dave make this show visually appealing for everyone that's watching on YouTube and elsewhere. 
All right, so without further ado, let's get into it. First topic of discussion today is the very recent news that was announced just a few hours ago. EOS Network Foundation joins the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. Of course, GameFi is, uh, you know, being talked about more and more in the entire crypto space. Feels like that may be the the next narrative that'll fuel the next crypto bull run. Of course, we had DeFi summer two years ago. We had NFT surge as well. Makes sense that GameFi could be the next big thing in crypto. So love to see ENF joining the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. And of course, EOS is already home to some of the most active GameFi products out there in the crypto space. Of course, I'm talking about Upland um, specifically. Um, But... Uh, so I'm just going to leave it there for the intro of this topic. And I'd like at this point to invite Julie uh, from the ENF to maybe talk a bit more about uh, this news and maybe uh, the part that she played and, and, and what, what, uh, what she thinks this means for EOS. Hey, Stefan. Yeah, thanks for having me. I thought I might just start doing a little bit of a background on what the Blockchain Game Alliance is. So first and foremost, it is a not-for-profit organization that's committed to promoting blockchain within the gaming industry. They are going into their fifth year in existence, so they are definitely um, been around for a couple years, which is great. They have 500 global members. They are represented in 50 countries. Um, and they do have quite a few larger members as well. So we'll get the link. I'll put, I'll throw the link into the chat in just a minute. Um, and you can go online and see all of, all of their, their members and where they are based. But really the mission for the blockchain game Alliance is a couple of things. One is they want to spread awareness around the blockchain technologies. They're looking to accelerate adoption to foster new ways to create, publish and play. And then finally, they're looking to build a strong community to provide an open and inclusive platform to share knowledge and collaboration. They really have four main areas that they focus on. One, they do a lot of networking. They do research and reporting. They just had a um, their annual report came out um, for 2022, and they've just hired actually some additional staff. So they're looking to beef that up to, to monthly reporting. So that'll be coming out in the uh, the coming months as well. And then they're also a large advocate for blockchain in the gaming industry. So we will actually be participating with them in a couple upcoming events. They'll be at, just for anybody that's on the call, they will be at um, NFT in Paris, which is coming up at the end of February. We will not have staff on site at that event, but they will have a booth at that event and be participating there. They also have a booth at the upcoming Game Developers Conference, which is in San Francisco. And we do have several staff from the ENF um, that will be heading out to that conference. So we're looking forward to not only meeting some of their staff at that event, but also, um, you know, making some more connections, doing some networking and and meeting some of the the global members that will be participating in that as well. They will also be at NFT NYC in um, mid-April. And then consensus um, in Austin, Texas, which this year is April 26th to 28th. So we do definitely have a a few staff um, that'll be around to to meet and um, looking forward really to getting to know the organization. Um, 
and how we can participate with them. There's also several ways that we can follow them. So they are, they do have their Discord channel. They are, you know, you can follow them on, on Twitter. And as I mentioned, the, their full members directory as well um, is on their website, but really looking forward to, to getting into the Alliance and getting much more familiar with the, the organization and participating with them, not only at some of the events, but also through speaker series, um, some thought leadership pieces, and then again, just you know, getting to know a lot of the uh, the industry stakeholders. All right, that is wonderful. Thank you very much, Julie, um, for joining us today on the Fireside and giving us some more context about the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. Um, actually, quick question: Is it Blockchain Gaming Alliance or is it Blockchain Game Alliance? I've seen it kind of. It is officially the Blockchain Game Alliance. Okay, there we go. Um, so officially the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. I've seen it, Blockchain Gaming Alliance, a lot. Either way, very cool. And um, looking forward to that that association, uh, you know, being more and more active and relevant in the crypto space in the coming months and years. That's great. So I shared some uh, some links in the chat here some Twitter updates from the Blockchain Game Alliance and from ENF, of course. We got Yana as well, sharing a picture of some of the board members. That's great. And thanks to everyone else sharing funny pictures of antelopes and dags and dancing, <laughs> dancing tutus from Mel. That's great, love to see it, guys. Um, all right, as always, Every week, for those of us, for those of you that join us on the fireside, you can claim your pop token in the pop bot chat. Make sure you do that uh, before the end of the show to get your pop token. Uh, you can now mint your February raffle ticket as well. So that uh, that blend is up. Let me share the link for those of you who want to uh, go convert four pop tokens into a raffle ticket. Um, we also sent out prizes recently for the uh, most recent raffle tickets from the from January and December. Uh, so check your accounts for some prizes. Uh, those of you who are holding a December raffle ticket actually got even more fun prizes. You got some bonus uh, NFTs from our December EOS holiday giveaway. So some cool artwork from Lars, from Shufan, and from Byron were distributed to our holders of these February raffle tickets. And who knows, maybe all holders of all raffle tickets are gonna be eligible for more fun prizes this month, you never know. So always good idea to collect these community NFTs that we distribute for active members. You never know when you're gonna get rewarded for holding them. All right, so um, I see here Glue Dog in the chat. Thanks for joining us, Glue Dog. I know it's very late for you and you're usually sleeping at this time, so we appreciate you showing up. Glue Dog's asking a, a, a question about EOS EVM and when it's going to launch. I haven't heard any updates on that in a, in a little bit. I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know if Zach or Eve uh, has, has some, uh, some extra information or maybe some alpha to, to share about that. Maybe not, but we gave it a try, Glue Dog. 
Uh, sorry, can you? I I couldn't hear properly, and I'm guessing you're talking about something me because I just see my name in chat. Can yeah, you re-ask the question? We're talking about people now. It's just Glue Dog is in the chat here asking about the EOS EVM and when it's going to launch. So I know we, we we're giving uh, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge, we're still on track for mid to end March. Uh, we haven't set a date yet, um, and we're not going to be setting a date uh, yet. But that is still the 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 target. And from what I can tell, we're still on target for to meet that target. We're still on track. Sorry to meet that target. Awesome, great. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for that quick update, and thanks, Blue Dog. For that question. Of course, if you have questions, feel free to leave them in the voice chat. We're going to get to most of them. Um, you can also fill out a community, uh, a Google form for those of you who are maybe not able to join us live for the fireside. Um, you can fill out, uh, you know, this Google form and, and we're going to get to these questions later on in the show. I'm going to share a link to that uh, in, in just a bit here. All right, so moving on to our next topic of the day. Pretty big one, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed. I don't know who's tracking um, Eve's account for these very uh, significant MSIGs that sometimes are, are submitted uh, from his account. But there was a sa savings MSIG that was approved just yesterday, I think it was, or maybe this morning. Either way, in, in something in, in the last 24 hours. Um, so basically, you know, quick little recap uh, that I'm stealing from uh, from a, a post from the ENF. In 531 days since the first source of funds to establish a foundation were approved, the ENF has proven itself to not just be a formidable steward of the EOS network. It has now been showcased on chain through the current means of consensus that the ENF is also an essential component of the network. And so this new MSIG that was just passed, which I will let Eve talk a bit more about in just a bit, um, adds some new uh, mechanisms and funding buckets that are that can be automated from the inflation of the network. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it there actually and just hand it over to Zach or Eve if they want to if they want to share more about the uh, about this MSIG, what it means, why it came about. Zach? I'll talk. Yeah, I was just waiting to see if you jumped in. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I, I did the math yesterday. I uh, 531 days. So when uh, the ENF first launched, on August, uh, the, it was approved September twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. It was initially uh, funded August. With August, <laughs> August, August twenty fifth. <laughs> the first, the first funding was late, late September. My bad. So, whenever the NF first launched, it was basically funded with an initial. So there are three, three components in the initial launch uh, multi sig. One. It was a transfer of legacy fees, so RAM fees and name auction fees, which were means of revenue for the network. Uh, at present, all of those fees flow into uh, Rex. So anyone staked in the Rex gets those fees immediately. Um, but for the first year or so, year or two of the network until Rex launched, 
all of these legacy fees accumulated. So essentially, it was almost equivalent to a Series A funding round. So that was one piece of the uh, launch multi-sig. And then the other component was turning on uh, a 2% inflation. So going back to when the chain launched in the original white paper and the vision for EOS, if you all recall, the chain launched with a 1% uh, inflation uh, as an incentive mechanism for the security of the network and the infrastructure of the network for block producers. And then there was a 4% designation for essentially everything else, community funding, grants. It was a worker. Pro- it was meant to be a worker proposal system. So over the years, multiple attempts to stand something like that up, also multiple attempts at foundations, but that's kind of separate. Um, after a while, there were multiple token burns. Um, and then eventually, uh, the inflation was turned off. So that's why this was such a big, a significant milestone, I guess. Uh, when the ENF first launched was it turned on this inflation. But that inflation accumulated in um, the EOSIO dot saving account. And the reason it did that is, one, it's it's hard-coded in. Uh, all non-block producer inflation can only flow to the EOSIO dot saving account. And that particular account is uh, governed, owned, active keys uh, by the block producers. So because of that, um, even after turning the 2% inflationary drip on, um, the ENF didn't actually have access to those funds. The access to those funds it, it has uh, basically required top-ups. So there's been three separate top-ups um, on multiple... I'm sorry, I have the dates in front of me. I just uh, lost my tab. There were three, there were three top-ups, essentially, over the last year and a half, um, where every time the ENF uh, would, would do its job... Um, man, I'm... Sorry. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting attacked by a dog. I'm sorry. Um, well, I keep... <laughs> All right, um, while we let Zach handle his uh, wildlife problem, um, let me just jump in here. I would, going, uh, I, yeah, I, I, was, okay. I, was, I was taking on the long version uh, because I, I'm looking through the chat and there are some people who I don't know if they've been along for the entire ride. So essentially, when the ENF launched, it got an initial source of funds from the legacy fees. That was basically the initial proving ground. So in the first couple of months of the ENF, uh, we launched the Blue Papers initiatives. We did the recognition grants. We funded Palmelo. We funded Eden. We did all of these things to kind of prove the value. And at this point, it's just Eve and I. Um, and through those first couple of months, we were successful in showcasing, yes, the, the, the ENF does have value to the network. So after the first source of funds, which were legacy fees, were spent, then the ENF reached out to the BPs and proposed a multi-sig to top up the ENF treasury. So essentially, on three separate occasions, the ENF has done that. It, it's a manual process. So it requires every time the ENF uh, requires funding, it must go back to the BPs, reach a 15 out of 21 consensus, funds transfer to the EOSIO.grants account, which is also owned by the block producers, but it does have an active key uh, with a multi-sig uh, on that, uh, controlled by the ENF, as well as a 72-hour time delay. So essentially, the, the change that happened is that instead of the ENF 
having to uh, put up a multi-sig proposal to the block producers every three or four months or so was the, the pattern we were in. Now, essentially, the EOSIO.grants account can claim uh, funds from the EOSIO.saving account. Uh, a smart contract was deployed to the EOSIO.saving account, and that um, is how the distributions are made. So that smart contract was created by uh, Denny from EOS Nation, uh, as well as Areg uh, from the ENF. So essentially all it does is it um, distributes the inflation that flows into EOSIO.saving. And as its initial parameter, 100% of that inflation goes to the EOSIO.grants account, which is essentially the ENF treasury account. So I, I think you kind of hinted at it. It is a parameter. Um, so you could add multiple accounts to that. They could have different distribution weights, but for the time being in the initial uh, version of it, it is essentially just automating what was already happening. So it, it's really not that much different than it was before, except for the fact that now the, uh, the function and the service that the, the foundation provides to the network has essentially, I said essentially twice in the same sentence. It's, um, become an integral part of the system. It is a part of the system just every bit as much as as the block producers. It's just they serve, we serve different rules. The block producers run infrastructure. The block producers secure the network. The block producers manage the governance and all of the multi-sigs. But as far as being a, a funding body and a, a body to be stewards of the EOS network, um, as of... About 12 hours ago or 15 hours ago, whenever the, the multi-sig passed, uh, we are now, I, I would say, uh, it's been showcased on-chain uh, through the current means of consensus, as in that message you read, that the ENF is very much now a, a part of the system. And, and that was showcased by, by the overwhelming support from the block producers. Um, we first brought this topic up. Uh, on the January 6th uh, fireside chat, we brought it up with all of you back then uh, because we wanted to go through multiple rounds of feedback to see if anyone had any concerns or critiques uh, about this initiative. Th there were literally zero. Uh, so it, it was overwhelming uh, support uh, from the block producers and not even just um, th the signatories behind the block producers. Um, there's also certain block producers, I'll, I'll call it DeFi box specifically, uh, DeFi Box has a, a token-weighted governance mechanism for the Box token holders that essentially pulls their own token holders to determine whether or not they should sign a specific multi-sig on-chain. So it wasn't even just the EOS uh, BPs who overwhelmingly supported uh, this action. It was also even um, smaller DAP communities within the EOS community and ecosystem who overwhelmingly supported it with, uh, I don't have the exact percentage is in front of me, but it was in the high 90, 90% yes, uh, if not higher. So it's a huge accomplishment uh, for the ENF. Uh, it's kind of just one and a half years. Uh, it started with Eve and he brought me along for the ride. And together we've grown the organization to over 40 individuals plus hundreds of contractors and partners throughout the ecosystem who work indirectly for the EOS network uh, via the different uh, pillars of funding from Palmelo to Eden to direct grants to just contractor agreements, that we went from a system where 
there was only one way to earn income on, on the network, and that was through block production. Whether you're an infrastructure expert or a marketing expert or a community manager expert or a business expert, you had to run a block producer. That was the only means of achieving any kind of revenue from the network for creating value for the network. So that's been the biggest change. That was the gap. That was, that was part of what the NF has fulfilled on top of the um, being the real world representatives of the ENF. So having a point of contact for exchanges, for example, is a big initiative that we've been working hard on over the last few months, or not few months, few years. Uh, last few months really ramping up though um, with all of the profile changes that uh, Winnie brought up, I, I think a week or two ago on here. So I'm rambling, huge milestone. Essentially it just automates something that was already occurring Every time, all three times that the ENF has reached out and proposed to the, the network itself, to the block producers, uh, for previous funding top-ups, uh, they've been approved uh, relatively quickly because we have been showcasing uh, the value that we bring to the network. We publish uh, like very detailed. The last one is a 40-page quarterly report. Um, we put everything on GitHub as far as open and transparent as possible. And the network showcased that um, it, it's, it's essentially a critical part of it now. I mean, I think it was before, but now it's a, a little bit more official. And for a lot of people, it, it's just really um, doing what a lot of people already thought was happening. So ever since the earliest days of the ENF, most people, not most people, a lot of people that I've seen um, trying to describe the mechanism of funding to the ENF, have described it as inflation goes directly to the ENF. And previously we had to uh, correct that because that was not true. Um, but moving forward since yesterday, that, that is now true, that the ENF is directly receiving uh, inflation from the network. Uh, multi, uh, smart contract was deployed. It opens up new possibilities uh, down the road in the future. But for right now, it's, uh, it's a big milestone. It's... It showcases that all of the work that's been done has been appreciated and that uh, the work that work will continue to happen now. Uh, not that it wasn't going to continue before, but now it's even more certain. Everything is much more um, certain for the future. Yeah, that's a great point. The certainty this brings is really good. And I, I imagine uh, it will bring confidence to investors you know that the network is has a foundation that is stable and funded for the long long term um an, another nice aspect of the smart contract that is deployed is that it doesn't doesn't mean that it, it only directs inflation to the nf it can direct it to various other groups as well if the if the block producers uh, choose to do so so for example in that tweet uh, that i shared um, from Eve a few days ago, you know, he mentions that maybe Yield Plus could, you know, get a certain amount of uh, of inflation directed to it as an example of another type of, of project that could benefit from this new smart contract capability. Um, if you guys were attending the Fireside, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, you know, we mentioned how uh, the Yield Plus program has been very successful. We see EOS uh, DeFi outperforming other layer one DeFi's in the recent months. And so there was another top up added to the budget of the Yield Plus program. Well, then this new smart contract could 
allow you know the network to decide hey let's allocate this amount of eos every month you know for for yield plus and other organizations or other projects that may um may that the network would reach consensus on wanting to fund so that's uh so that's very cool yeah um does anyone have comments on this from the crowd love to hear some uh reactions from you guys i see you guys are busy in the chat talking about all sorts of things, sharing images. But um, yeah, if you guys ha have comments or feedback or uh, questions, you know, n now would be a great time uh, to bring those up. In the meantime, I'm going to congratulate Daniel Keys again for minting the first February raffle ticket. Congratulations to Daniel again, number one minter. Shame on everyone else. Everyone else is just slow. Come on, next I month. Wasn't I wasn't even hope. trying, guys. I, Come on. <laughs> again, Daniel winning the race, not even trying. Uh, Tony saying he's got no tokens. It's not a valid excuse, Tony. You can go on the market and buy some on the secondary market. They go for about one EOS each, I think, these pop tokens. And um, in my opinion, definitely worth to buy a couple if you're missing a couple to, uh, to join the February raffle draw. Um, you can buy pop tokens. Yeah, you, people, you can sell them. They're NFTs. You can sell them. You can buy them. You can trade them. You can burn them. You can blend them into February raffle tickets, maybe other things down the line as well. All right. Okay, so um, in other Discord server news, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we had another 2,000 people join the server in the last week. Of course, um, not all of these people have actually joined the general chat and started chatting. We suspect there's some bots in there. But the reason I, I, I bring it up is because we had, before these recent surge in membership, we had, uh, you know, created the road to 10k promo which we would award prizes every time we reach an, a new thousand members in a server to people who are inviting members to the server via their personal invite links which you can generate in the in the server settings on discord here um so we've had to change this promo a bit you know the prize pool that we announced we're definitely going to respect that we're going to definitely give that away to community members who help us grow the server but instead of uh, waiting to reach certain number milestones. What we're going to do is we're going to be handing out prizes every two months for the next six months, I think it is. So there's the 8,000 level, the 9,000 level, and then the 10,000 level, which we had previously announced that we'd send prize. So we're just going to do that every two months. So definitely still worth it for you guys to create your own personal invite link. Share that on your platform, social media. If you got a popular site or whatever, put that link in there. And you can earn some some nice prizes. Top prize is 50 EOS for the number one refer. Not not too shabby at all. And then um, a lot of other EOS prizes and, of course, NFT prizes as well for people who help us grow the server. I just uh, I pulled up a stat while you're talking. Uh so I, as I, I agree with you that there's no way we had thousands of real people join. So someone clearly sent some bots. 
but I did just look at the analytics of uh, the activity in the server. So we almost have the Discord server is almost super, actually it has superseded. So the EOS Discord is now larger than the um, legacy EOS Telegram group. So the legacy Telegram group has 10,759 members, which out of those, I'm sure a lot of people who don't talk. And now the Discord server has 12,421. So those are those are the metrics, those are the vanity metrics. So what I looked at just now is how many people have actually posted a single message in the chat. So just e even a single good morning or hello. And in the main EOS chat, only 87 people posted a message or spoke if it, they did a voice chat. Whereas the EOS Discord, as I'm looking at it right now, 255 in the last week have wow. posted a message or spoke. And part part of that is because there is you got not everyone probably looks, but there are uh, a Korean and Chinese community here in the Discord. Uh, if you scroll down, I guess maybe I, I don't know what the permissions are set at these days. I see them as a moderator, but there are uh, other language groups in this channel. So this is as of whenever we pass that ten thousand member mark to pass the um, EOS Telegram group. This is the largest uh, EOS community that exists now on this Discord. That's great. Those are some. Those are some surprising numbers. Three, almost three times as many people chatting in the server than on Telegram. That's awesome to see. Uh, Yana, maybe Yana, you want to jump on here? Maybe explain a bit for the uh, the permission settings for these other channels. Can everyone see it? I uh, I know I can see them as because I've got uh, moderator permissions. Um, but maybe Yana's not around. When she comes back, maybe she can give us some more insights. Oh, there she is. Yeah, hello. Hey, Yana. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? I missed it. Uh, um, the Korean around. and the Chinese communities in this Discord server, can everyone see those channels? Can everyone <laughs> post in those channels? Uh, in the language specific, only if you have the language flag attached. So... If you are a member, uh, you you see all the regular channel, the English ones, and uh, additionally, you need to attach the flag. There you the go, and, and you can do that in the start here ch uh, channel. Is that it? Yeah, right. There you go. Right. So those of you who want to go check out these other communities, you can do that uh, by attaching a flag to your account. That's great. Thanks, Yana. You're welcome. All right, let's see what's going on in the chat. Glue Dog minted his February raffle tickets. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Zach Goss is sharing some pictures of the key metrics. That's awesome. Uh, Glue Dog asks if he needs to do anything else to participate in the raffle. No, you don't do. You don't need to do anything else, Glue Dog. You just mint your raffle ticket, and then um, on the first Wednesday of the new month is when I uh, distribute prizes for these raffle ticket holders. So actually, the prize structure has changed a tiny bit for these raffles. Used to be a bunch of 10 EOS prizes. Now there's the same amount of EOS prizes handed out, but there's one big winner of 50 EOS, a bunch of 10 EOS prizes. Everyone earns at least an NFT, some party crackers, all, all sorts of good stuff. Um, can you play? Zach asked how to mint a raffle ticket for noobs. Yes, good question, noob. Um, here we go. I will share the link again in the chat. B 
basically you go to this website, you log in with your EOS account, you need pop tokens first, exactly, you need four of them, and then um, you, can, uh, you can just go see, click that blend button, and then the rest should be fairly straightforward. Uh, if you don't have any pop tokens, you can grab one every time on the Fireside chat. You can also grab one in other community events. So we've got EOS support, guys at EOS support, big shout out to them. They're doing great work. They helped us with the Lunar promo that we ran last month. They do their EOS support giveaway show. They do a new show as well, EOS Synergy. Those who attend those shows can also earn pop tokens. You can earn some here. Um, and then if, you, uh, if we have other community members hosting EOS community events, reach out to me, let me know about your event, and, and we're happy to give some pop token allocations for those events as well. Zach, coming in clutch, sharing the blog article on how to earn pop tokens. Also a great way to explain, uh, to, to understand what's going on. Um, it does. So does it? So Zach asked if it costs something to mint raffle tickets. Well, it costs four pop tokens. So you give up four pop tokens in exchange for getting one raffle ticket. But since the pop tokens you can earn earn them for free, I would answer that no. There's actually no cost really in uh, you know in order to mint a raffle ticket. Oh, we got Yevin. Coming in with a free NFT, free hot, uh, spicy, rare NFT claim link. Good luck to whoever clicks on that first. Hopefully it's not Daniel Keys. Um, and yeah, actually talking about spicy rares, um, we had taken a couple of months off of minting the new spicy rares, but they're back. We minted uh, four of them recently. So those of you holding party crackers, you can find uh, some new fancy spicy rares in your party cracker price pool, perhaps. Let me um, let me actually grab a quick screenshot here um, of these spicy rares. I think I think they look absolutely fantastic here. I'll share the link if you guys want to go check them out um, directly on Atomic Hub. You can go do that at the link I just shared. And then if not, I'm just going to take a little screenshot here and share what these latest spicy rares look like. Oh, Yevin. <laughs> Yevin opened 50 crackers before I minted the new spicy rares. Yeah, that is, that is sad. Yevin, I'm so, so sorry for your loss. Uh, but there's uh, other uh, spicy rares that you can find in there. There's uh, Pomelo NFTs in there. There's Boyd NFTs. There's actually... 37 collections, I think. So a bunch of people who have done NFT collections on EOS kind of donated some to this price pool. So, you know, Party Cracker really, you never know what you're going to get. Some some NFTs are <laughs> extremely obscure from old collections that are inactive, uh, but others are, are pretty cool. And the latest spicy rares here are, are, are pretty awesome. Um, Definitely that last. So, so we, 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 we uh, modified a bit the naming convention. They used to just be called spicy rares. Now we're kind of calling them uh, this a bit more descriptive on, on what, you know, in our opinion, was a big event in EOS that month. So we can see here Pomelo season three. That was in July. In August, in August we had the Antelope Protocol branding reveal. In September, we had the EOS Independence Day. In October, we had the EOS Roadshow. 
And uh, so we'll be we'll be continuing to mint those November, December, January coming soon. All right, let me find my show notes here and we can keep the show going. All right, let's talk inter blockchain communication again. So we've been talking about it, uh, I think on the last couple of firesides, uh, but obviously this is really big news. You know, back in 2017, when I heard about EOS, one of the things that attracted me to EOS was the promise of internet blockchain communication, connecting all of these, you know, EOS IO based networks, which are now antelope based networks. And it's finally here. It's live on the main net. There's no trusted third party required with this inter-blockchain solution, which is quite unique in the entire crypto sphere. The IBC solution is integrated directly in the base layer of the EOS network, as well as the UX network right now. Telos and Wax are going to be coming online shortly as well. And this opens up a lot of possibilities for a lot of cool applications. Not only are current applications going to be looking to improve functionality, uh, through this, um, you know, through the IBC, but new applications can now be built from the ground up with this new uh, technology and possibilities in mind. So that's so that's pretty cool. Um, Trimbot, one of our favorite EOS influencers, is back. He took a month break during uh, December, but he came back in full force in January and he recently wrote a nice article about uh, IBC and how this is going to usher in a new era of collaboration. So I'm just at, so I shared the link here uh, in the chat and basically I'm just going to give a quick recap of what uh, of what this talks and it talks a lot about you know how there's a lot of tribalism in crypto because a lot of networks feel that in order for them to be successful, they kind of have to attract users or apps from another one, which creates a lot of tribalism, a bit of toxicity mixed in there. Obviously, those of you EOS OGs who have been with us from the start had a taste of this in years past. There was some competition or friction and between EOS and Telos and Wax and whatever, all, all these other chains that are all based on the same blockchain uh, protocol, you know, now called Antelope. Uh, but uh, before, when these networks were not as connected, it felt more tribalism. But now, with the Antelope Coalition bringing all of these networks together, working together on common development goals, that has helped a lot. We don't feel that tribalism, or I don't anywhere anymore, anyways, uh, between you know EOS, Telos, Wax, UX, Proton, and, and others, Ultra, all that, all, all of these great networks that are all based on you know very similar or the same code base. Um, IBC should you know bring these networks even closer together, and there's really really no need for tribalism anymore. We're all really building the same big antelope blockchain community. And so this article from uh, Trimbot kind of highlights uh, some of these things. Um, so I think it's worth worth you guys uh, checking out. He also published a couple more articles actually on his Substack um, on January 24th. 
the blockchain mythos, how stories shape the decentralized revolution, talking about epic tales of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the new EOS, of course. On January 6th, a couple days later, he, he published an article on liquidity and TVL, why EOS DeFi is growing. We've been talking a bit about this recently with Yield Plus program obviously being a great success. Uh, on January 31st, uh, token, an article called Tokenization, the Future of Digital Assets. And then uh, on February 1st, the new era of collaboration, inter-blockchain communication is a game changer. Let me give a round of applause for Trimbot for producing great EOS content. I invited Trimbot on the show today to talk about this, but he wasn't available. But he said he would try to come on in the next few weeks. So hopefully we get to hear from Trimbot uh, directly soon enough. All right, I see more people sharing NFTs, gifting NFTs in the chat. We got a fractally spicy rare from February 2022, given away by Tony. Very nice. Love to see it. Esteban asking when Glue Dog is going to be neutered. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure, I'm sure, some a lot of people are wondering this. Um, all right, back to business. Um, last week, actually, I teased that I will not be hosting the show next week. Actually, I'm taking a small vacation. It's a staycation. Actually, I'm going to be staying at home, but uh, catching up on some things. Hopefully getting out and doing some cross-country skiing, which I haven't had much time to do this year, even though it's snowed a ton here in the nor north of Montreal. Um, but happy to announce who your guest host will be. Andrew, Drew Block, a regular, a regular member of the EOS Fireside Chat, a longtime EOS community member, part of the EOS Nation team, new product owner for the Pomelo platform, and all-around great guy with a great voice and some great audio. So you guys are going to have a treat next week. Andrew's going to be your host. Please go easy on him. Um, don't traumatize him. I'd like to take more than just one week of vacation this year. So hopefully, uh, so hopefully Andrew wants to uh, come back as a guest host as well uh, later on in the year. So I know uh, Andrew. I didn't, I didn't warn you that I'd be uh, announcing this today. I don't know if you want to step in here, say a little something, or maybe you want to, you want to reserve all, all of uh, all, all that for next week. Uh, I'll I'll say hi. Um, yes, it's, I, I will say the the voice. A big part of it is just the microphone that I'm using. But um, I I will be glad to be the voice of the EOS community. Pretty next week. sure and if I'm, I used your mic, my voice would still not come anywhere near the quality of your voice for these shows. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, fingers crossed that the, the uh, as well. Very important. Yeah, that's actually it's out. like Samson. That's where the voice comes from. <laughs> Tell us, audio nerds, what voice or what microphone you're using. Uh, I am using probably like a mid '90s uh, Shure SM7, which is uh, not quite the same thing as a Shure SM7B, which is the the newer one, has a redesigned uh, humbucking voice coil, and and then I'm running it through like a, a cloud lifter type thing. It's not a cloud lifter, just an inline uh, a booster, but uh, yeah, you got to get extra volume out of these things because they're quite quiet. Um, but nice. uh, yeah, so yeah, for those audio nerds out there, <laughs> there you go. So 
I'll be helping Drew Block set up the soundboard. So we've got, so you guys have your same, same familiar sound effects that everyone has come to expect. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be a great show. I'll listen in on the replay probably, or maybe I'll try to join in live, maybe say hi, we'll see. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew, for, for agreeing to, uh, to step up to the plate here and uh, allow me to go skiing a bit next week. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I hope I can deliver. I'm sure you will. Big shoes to fill. All right. Um, next up, we've got some Pomelo news. Uh, we dropped the alpha last week about the dates for Pomelo, but now the official article is out. Uh, actually, I'm just going to invite Daniel Keyes here on stage, see if Daniel Keyes wants to share uh, some updates with you guys about Pomelo. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, you dropped a little alpha there on Andrew. He's our new, our new Pomelo product owner. So congrats, Andrew. Uh, welcome to the Pomelo team. Andrew's been on the EOS Nation team for... I've lost track of time now. It's been a, it's been a while. He's been doing a great job. Long-time community member, passionate Pomelo participant. Uh, and I think he's going to do a great job helping us uh, uh, you know, define the product roadmap for Pomelo and, and working with the team to, to get it delivered. Um, so maybe some future Pomelo updates you'll be hearing from Andrew instead of from me. Um, in the meantime, we're, we're, we're still getting, getting Andrew up to speed and uh, starting to dig in there. So that's the first update. Thank you. I see Steph sharing the article. The, we've announced the season five dates. Uh, if you joined us last week on the Fireside Chat, nothing new there for you. We dropped you a little alpha. We leaked those dates uh, on the Fireside Chat. No, good reason to come join the chat so you get some early information. Uh, but there they are. Uh, applications will be open February 22nd until March 15th. Donations open March 1st, March 23rd. And the uh, analysis and fund distribution happens uh, starting March 23rd. Um, so we've been working hard, getting ready for season five and wrapping up season four. Uh, in fact, if, if my memory serves me right, just yesterday is when we opened up claims for season four. So if you did participate in season four as a grant owner and you've been here already, you've got funds now available to claim. So you can go log into Pomelo and in your profile page, profile settings, you can go and claim your, your matching allocation for season four. Um, so that's exciting. Always love sending out money to all the awesome builders in the space. Um, and I guess some other thing I can say is another another milestone day yesterday. Um, you know, we've been getting a lot of questions. When bounties? When bounties? I don't have a date for you yet, but what I can say is I successfully went through the whole bounty flow yesterday for the first time. We've it's it's now in our development environment. We've got an end to end all the way from create a bounty to apply to build to submit to claim it's all now uh, functioning in our dev environment we still have some polishing to do some documentation to do um so still some 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 work to do before we we release it to the general audience um but a big milestone that we that we're really excited about 
And um, I can share some um, a, a few weeks ago. You know, I was talking about bounties, and uh, we got some great feedback from Aaron. I see Aaron's on the line here. Happy, happy that he's he's listening. About um, you know, there's kind of the the way I described how bounty the bounty flow works is more of a job board than a than a kind of a proper bounty system. Um, and we've been again playing with the flow a little bit from you know a user perspective. And as I think about it more and and you know play with it in different ways, we've actually discovered that actually you can do both already without even us. We didn't we didn't have to change anything to our flow. Um, but it is going to be possible for a bounty funder to specify on their bounty application or the bounty form. You know, if you want to be accepted as a bounty hunter, present your work right up front. And I'll only accept bounty hunters who have already showed their work that it's completed. Um, so there's an option for you to do kind of that true bug bounty style if you want to. And uh, you also have the option to, rather than uh, requiring people present their work up front, apply as a hunter. I will accept you to do the work, and then I will review your work afterwards and release the funds at that time. Um, so both options on the table. We'll continue to kind of massage and make those experiences better. You know, the focus, you know, the, the UI is really tailored for that application applicant mode. Um, but like I said, it's possible to do both and we'll continue to make the make improvements to the ui to offer both options more explicitly um but something to look forward to in a in a future version of of bounties in the meantime like i said you can you can sort of hack around it that way um so yeah those are the pomelo updates happy to answer any questions if anyone has any actually there's an extra Pomelo-related date that we haven't talked about. Like we've been doing the last couple of seasons, at the end of the season, I like to host the EOS Community Poker Tournament. So now that the dates are live, um, I haven't figured out exactly which Sunday uh, this will be happening, but it will be around the end of March. So get those poker chips ready for some more poker action with the EOS community last time was actually really fun it was the end of December we had 75 participants I think which is great which was more than double what we had the first round so I'm looking forward to seeing even more people uh, on this one and, and we'll be sharing you know uh, the sign up form for, for the poker tournament uh, later on probably in early March just want to add, add that in there promote my poker tournament I had fun. I don't think I played it the last one, but the one before it was a lot of fun. This is, is it the third one? Am I counting right? Yeah, this one is going to be the third one. We've had two so far. Yeah. Awesome. So, I so had a lot of fun uh, on the first one. Prizes to be won. Uh, EOS prizes must be donated to a approved grant of your choice. So, you know, of course, we're trying to reward our Pomelo 5 as a Pomelo Season 5 grant owners and in general Pomelo grant owners as much as we can. So some extra prizes to be won out there. There's also, of course, a bunch of great NFTs. And with the new, with the recent uh, addition to the community NFT collection, 
with our recent uh, holiday and lunar year contests. And so there's a lot more prizes uh, that are going to be available up for grabs dur during this poker tournament. So I hope to see you guys there. Very cool. Uh, I'll also mention, look out for an email that we sent, I guess it was yesterday, um, as, as we announced that the claiming is available. We also shared a link to a survey. We do this every after every season. We like to collect feedback from the participants and try to get a little bit better every season. And the, and the feedback that we get in these surveys is super valuable. Um, so look out for a, an email with a link to that survey. And, uh, and then look up for an article where we'll summarize, you know, what, what we found, what, what, what the community is saying about Pomelo Season 4 and how we plan to address the feedback. Maybe I'll even, in case you didn't get the email, because that happens sometimes. You can find the link here in the chat for the sure, survey. Link. That's right. Next up, we've got a DeFi Box annual report uh, that was just recently released. Let me share that in the chat. Also going to share an article from EOSGO, kind of community perspective on this report. Um, and then I'm also going to share a couple screenshots from, uh, from this report that I thought were uh, pretty nice. Here we've got some transaction data in 2022 for DeFi Box. Um, highest TVL in terms of USD was on January 5th of last year, 72, $76 million locked up in DeFi Box protocol. Highest TLV for the swap uh, protocol on DeFi Box, $49 million. That's great. Highest trade volume in the, uh, in the swap protocol almost 13 million dollars of swap volume in a day that's very impressive and then uh 4.4 million usn generated in a day of course these usd values are going to be higher at the beginning of the year because as i'm sure everyone knew knows 2022 was kind of rough as the year went on for the crypto markets um but these are cool stats uh that are sh are shared in the in the DeFi box report and then the other picture I wanted to share here, talking about box data. So a number that stood out to me was that there are 25,000 box holders in the ecosystem. I mean, that's very impressive. You know, give some effects for DeFi box on that one. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, five, over 500. Um, uh, I don't BSS holders. That's the staking, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and then some other cool stats. Um, so encourage you guys to check out the DeFi Box report. Obviously, DeFi Box is the leading blockchain uh, DeFi protocol on EOS, um, and and they've been they've been doing great. Uh, so here, as I scroll through the report, here are some other things that are shared. They share. 
you know, uh, their 20, their, their 2022 roadmap. Um, again, they're saying how they're a leading DeFi on EOS. They're an important partner of DNF. All five of their protocols are receiving yield plus rewards. That's great. They highlight some of the promotions they're done. 56 marketing events, the DeFi box second anniversary celebration, the vault, vault staking challenge, some marketing events on wax some media promotions across a variety of uh, internal and external publications, uh, you know, some community stats on, about on Twitter, on Telegram. Of course, there's the DAO, the DeFi Box DAO, uh, DIP46, the second DeFi Box DAO election occurred, DIP47, which allocates 45% of the protocol revenue for buyback and burn of the box token, which is likely contributed to the significant appreciation of the box token over the last couple months, over the last year. I think we've seen maybe uh, almost 100% gain in terms of the EOS value of these box tokens. So congratulations to all of uh, the box holders uh, for that. I'm sure, I'm sure Glue Dog is very happy with this. Blue Dog, big fan of DeFi Box, always spamming our chats with that. Yes, by Box, there you go. You're kind of late on that one, Blue Dog. I was expecting more from you. Um, all right. Moving on to some other uh, small, small piece of news here. We had uh, EOS featured in the Bitcoinist.com publication. Always nice to see EOS featured on these big crypto publications. Um, real quickly here, this article talks, you know, starts, starts out with, you know, few could have predicted a year ago that EOS might one day play a key role in the future of Web3, but a lot can change in 12 months. That's certainly true. Certainly a lot has changed in the last 12 months on EOS. So great to see EOS getting picked up uh, by these big publications. We had a quote as well from the EOS Nation Foundation sharing uh sharing this article let's see what that quote is there you go oh they, exactly that's the exact quote that i just shared makes sense i like it i like it um all right and now we've got one uh last topic before we get to the community submitted questions from the google form we've got some we got some meaty questions this week. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to answer them satisfactory, but we'll give it a try. Uh, but before we get to that, I would like to invite uh, Lenny on stage, if he wants to come on stage, and talk a bit about uh, his recaps. Specifically, recaps about Eden delegate commitments from the for this current term from the election that happened just one month ago. Okay, you dare take me on. Can you hear me all right? Yes, Lenny. Welcome to the fireside chat. Thanks for thanks for joining. Yeah, no worries, no worries, and uh, partly it's a little bit. What should I call it? Maybe a bit of a revenge time because the idea behind this commitments. Uh, I'm sure you, Stefan, know where it came from. Not quite. All right. R remind us. Remind us, Lenny. Where did this idea come from? 
Well, it was someone who did a kind of a half-half joke in the morning uh, before the elections, and I put it on the chat. And of course, it was <laughs> it was a good joke. It was a fine one. But uh, I like things outside the box a bit, and this spurred on the thoughts, uh, because we all know people are asking, what are their people doing with the funds they are receiving as delegates? That's always been a little bit loose. Now, of course, Adenia have been put up the Spend Explorer, which is very good and, and uh, will help. The question is only that people also need to then fill in the same, so that, you know, we feel happy that they are doing good stuff with the funds. So I kind of figured uh, with that little guy, someone called Stefan or someone said, why not send this guy MLN in paradise around to the breakout rooms? And not a bad idea. So since we are on video, all the delegates, or supposedly at least, uh, then uh, do a little bit of a recap. Not so much words, but more pointing into where the, are the pitches, where are the commitments, and eventually, it takes time, but eventually you'll have them all up there. There are a few that haven't provided video and similar, but most of them are there. So it's easy to kind of follow up. Did they do what they said they would do with the funds and similarly? Because we have been lacking a bit of accountability and transparency and all these kind of things. And I'm a stickler for those stuff. So, yeah. That's about it. And uh, Stefan, you're the one who brought it on, unfortunately. I didn't realize how long time it takes. Thanks for that. <laughs> my, my idea was to just clone you 25 times and have you be in all those rooms at the same time. We'll uh, do that next time. We'll do that <laughs> next time. Maybe, maybe we need a Lenny AI bot of sort that just automatically tracks everything for us. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's great that you kind of ran with my semi-joke and got in there because I think it is important for for this data to be easily uh, easily found for, for, for the community, for people who may not be following all the chats all the time about Eden. There's definitely a lot, uh, a lot of chats, a lot of uh, chatter going on. So I think it's great that we're, we're going to have one place where we can find all this stuff. So I linked the Telegram group here uh, in the voice chat. So if people want to join that, um, I imagine that's where you'll be posting your recaps. Yeah, if so I just might add, I, I mean, it's, just want to add one thing, that there are very short words in it, because I don't want to in any way color whatever is said, so to say, and, uh, and it's tricky, so therefore it's kind of only hinting to topics, so to say, so that you get the timestamps for these things, and that's the delegates themselves, uh, mainly, that are giving these words and stuff. But it's just hinting at the topic areas, those that might be interesting. That's it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, that's a great approach, that's a great idea. I love having access to this information in a, as concise, you know, a way uh, possible. Um, I know everyone's very busy, and so getting these recaps, I think, is very important. I just shared a screenshot here of uh, the Term 5 Chief Delegates recap that was shared uh, in that channel just a few days ago. I see we've got a couple new joiners just now of the channel. That's great. Um, and yeah, thanks, Lenny, uh, for joining us on the Fireside. And uh, thank you for all the great work you do with the recaps.
All right, Zach, are you still with us? I see that Eve left before these community questions. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't share, share any of these questions um, with anyone, but um, some are addressed to the community, some are addressed to me. Um, maybe Zach can step in to answer some of these. But um, yeah, so let's go, let's go over these uh, questions. And you know, everyone in the crowd here, I'm gonna need your help answering some of these questions. A lot of these are in matters that I am not an expert in and I'm definitely not qualified to answer. Uh, so if anyone has you know, thoughts or answers for these questions, please, I invite you guys to jump in. All right, first question comes from Andrew, actually, our future host. He sent this question late uh, last show. I didn't see it until the show was over. But his question is addressed to a developer familiar with IBC. And Andrew asks, is it feasible to create proof servers for other cryptocurrencies? In other words, is trustless IBC portable slash usable across other chains? Or is this solution only relevant for Antelope? <laughs> um, Great question. Obviously too technical for me. If, you, if, if you're forcing me to answer, I would guess only for Antelope, but really that's just a pure guess. I don't know, who, who, who do we have here in the chat? Maybe NS James has some knowledge on this. Maybe... Holding my tongue because I'm afraid I don't actually know the answer to this question. Okay. I might. No answer from Baron. Yes, Aaron, you're the next one. Uh, I believe so. I mean, I've seen conversations. I sit in a lot of the IBC calls, um, and I believe that it is possible to prove transactions from non-antelope chain. Um, but somebody from that side with more technical knowledge would definitely be worth following up with. All right. So my guess answer was incorrect. Classic. I should not attempt to answer these things I know nothing about. Oh, did Denis unmute his mic? We're going to get some Denis action going on. No, maybe not. Maybe he's just teasing me. Um, all right. Well, great question, Andrew. Audio not working. Tried to talk. Okay. Try to... Uh, Reconnect, Denny. Sometimes that fixes the issue. Yes, best way to get the right answer on the internet is to say the wrong answer, and then someone will correct. That's right. This was proven once again just now. All right. Okay, let's keep it going. Next question submitted by someone named Fila. And the question is addressed to Stephanie. Great, thank you. I imagine that's me. Um, what challenges have you faced while developing EOS? I mean, I'm not a developer and developers don't necessarily develop EOS. So I'm not exactly sure what to make of this question, but you know what, figured I'd ask it anyways. Um, but actually some of this question is kind of incorporated in the future question. So we're gonna move on. Um, Stephanie, the EOS dev, oh my god, yeah, yeah, right, that would be terrible. 
I wish that on on no network. Um, so Neo four twenty here had some questions for Eve. Unfortunately, Eve left. Um, but maybe next time I will run these questions a bit earlier in the show because I think Eve kind of only has one hour available for these firesides these days. So we're gonna try to get these in earlier so that we can get some answers from Eve. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll open up these questions because there are actually five questions here to the whole room. Number one, what is the main purpose of the EOS network and how does it differ from other blockchain platforms? Great question. I mean, one of the obvious ways it differs, and I talk about this in every intro, is that the foundation for this network emerged organically from within the network years after the launch, where where all the other foundations kind of are created pre-launch. And um, so I think that's one, that's a big difference. Main purpose of the EOS network. I mean, that's a very vague question that can be answered in very different ways for many people. You know, some can be mainly using uh, EOS for DeFi box and some very smooth DeFi experience with no fees. You can deposit small amounts of money, big amounts of money, uh, earn nice yield. So obviously, uh, I'm sure that's a main purpose for for some people. Another main purpose of the network, EOS network may be GameFi, tons of users on a plan, one of the most popular blockchain games in the whole space. So EOS network could definitely be considered, uh, you know, as a, a GameFi for the main purpose. And I think that theme will resurface more and more over the coming weeks, months and years. And I would love, uh, would love for anyone else to jump in here and share their thoughts on what you think the main purpose of the EOS network is. Okay, who's Larissa from Rio Blocks? I will unfortunately have to server mute you. Oh, we've got Denis here coming in with a text answer since his audio is not working. So let me read that out loud. So regarding the topic of of the UX's uh, inter-blockchain communication on non-antelope chain, Denis says, I'm assuming yes, the concept can be ported over. However, the struggle will be to get the appropriate blockchain-related data that's required to make those proofs available on these other networks. Antelope were spoiled. Lots of thought went into the block data schema. As long as the other chains support the same block headers and provide the block root Merkle's active nodes, uh, which is provided on Antelope, Denis uh, says that, yes, this could be possible. That's great. Thank you, Denis, for, for typing out that answer. DJ Strykanova coming in here saying he spent thousands using Uniswap and just gas. So he appreciates the free transactions on EOS DeFi. Absolutely. Definitely spoiled on uh, EOS interacting with DeFi. I as well was playing around with DeFi on other chains. And after just getting wrecked by huge feeds, I just swore it all off. And now my only DeFi action is on DeFi Box, and I like it a lot. Jack Bytes coming in here sharing that he thinks the account creation and permissions is the best and most powerful part of EOS. I would definitely agree that the permission structure is extremely powerful. Uh, account creation being the best part of EOS, mm, 
I don't think so. There's a lot of friction still in the account creation. Teams are working on that to make it uh, less friction heavy. Um, but yeah, love love the answers coming in from uh, from the chats. All right, another question again. What challenges have you faced while developing EOS? So maybe we can edit this question a bit. And, and what challenges have you faced while developing on EOS? Perhaps what this user meant. Um, so if you got any any devs in the house that want to share some of the the challenges uh, you faced, maybe in the past, uh, yeah, maybe you can speak up. I obviously can't speak to that. EOS's account creation system. <laughs> Yeah, there you Going go. That's one you. of the challenges <laughs> faced by EOS developers. How to get these new users to join in the first time. Once they're in, then it's smooth sailing and it's a great experience. But getting them in, you know, in the, through that door the first time is definitely still a hurdle. But as we heard on recent Fireside Chats with the EOS EVM, there are plans to make that process uh, much easier for new, for new users. So looking forward to learning more about that. Another question. And uh, I, would, I would add also, I guess, the, the tooling and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to the, the stuff the Graymask team's working on, all the Wharf Kit SDKs, making it a lot easier for developers to build great experiences for their users. Because right now, you know, we've got a great base layer blockchain here with, with Antelope. But that you know, block one didn't build any of the wallet stuff, all the SDKs. So building Pomelo, we, it was a lot of building basic things that just make the user experience possible. Um, so yeah, with, with, with the wharf kit coming soon, we're really excited to see what developers do with that and other new experiences that come to life. Absolutely. Great. Uh, great comments there, Daniel. All right. The next question here, there's five of them. Question number three, how does EOS ensure governance and decision-making? This one is fairly straightforward. I can answer it. EOS has a delegated proof of stake consensus mechanism, which means that token holders are the ones that elect block producers and the top 21 voted block producers are the one that have the uh, power to make governance and decisions. A great example of a big decision like this recently that the block producers uh, you know, came together to, to make is the creation of the EOS Network Foundation uh, a year and a half ago or so. Um, this was, you know, the block producers kind of approved this, kind of actually came up with the concept. They wanted a foundation. And so that is how EOS ensures governance and decision making. It's through token holders voting for block producer representatives of the network. How does the EOS platform ensure scalability and security? Um, Another good question. I'm going to give a crack at answering it, but please, anyone, feel free to jump in and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I know I'm not wrong, but there's probably more that can be added. In, in terms of scalability, I'm not going to talk to security. That's definitely above my pay grade. But in terms of scalability, these days, the Antelope Coalition is a coalition of four different networks. I talk about it in the intro every time on the Fireside. EOS, UX, Telos, Wax, all coming together all pooling funds and all uh, finding consensus on what features should be added to the Antelope blockchain protocol next. 
And so the way that EOS platform ensures scalability is by exactly collaborating with these other networks, hiring some of the best day, some of the best devs in the game, for example, through OCI and many that are now hired directly by the ENF, working directly for the ENF. And that is how uh, the Antelope protocol is upgraded. I don't know if anyone else wants to add more color to that or talk to the security aspect of this question. And then the final is what are the biggest benefits of using the EOS platform and what are the most important features of EOS? Um, so I think the biggest benefits is definitely that, you know, once you're past that initial account creation friction, the user experience is extremely smooth on EOS. Uh, fees are very low. Um, often covered by the applications themselves. So the users don't have to worry about any of these fees. Graymass and the Anchor Wallet does a good job at that. A lot of applications as well have abstracted away all of the fees from the users. Uh, so in my opinion, uh, you know, the UX of using the EOS network is definitely one of the biggest uh, benefits in my opinion. Um, another actually huge benefit of using the EOS platform and kind of a a competitive advantage that EOS has over a lot of these newer newer chains that have come online recently in the last couple of years uh, is that EOS is extremely battle tested over many years, has withstood the IDOS attack, has upgraded the network in terms of software. The block producers have upgraded their hardware. Um, the block producers in what year was it? I think 2019 when the whole IDOS um, CPU mining was going on. There's a lot of work that went on uh, with the block producers to improve the, uh, how do I say, configuration of the nodes on the network in order to make sure that they can handle insane amount of throughput. That network, so the network uh, really increased uh, its resiliency, its performance back then. IDOS is no longer a thing, but those those advantages, those uh, those upgrades are still you know still live, of course. So you know uh, EOS is battle tested, is ready for anything you know that users and applications want to throw at it. And as James coming in here sharing some benefits in his opinion, speed, low cost, easy upgradability, built-in MSIGs, and the account system all great uh, benefits and competitive advantages for EOS to other uh, platforms. Tony here from uh, Graymass uh, sharing that he's planning to update their guides to shorten the documentation process of account creation as well as some short form videos, which is great. Looking forward to that, Tony and the uh, guys at Graymass. All right, thank you very much, Neil42, for the great questions. Love to, love to, love to get these. All right, um, our next question comes from Imran and is addressed to me, Stefan. And the questioner is free airdrop, free courses with rewards and free quest. Not sure if this is a question, comment or topic suggestion, but um, in terms of free airdrops, there's not that many airdrops going on these days. There was a lot start of the network, not so many these days. So I guess that would be my answer for that. In terms of free courses, maybe I can invite 
Nathan James to talk about some of the courses and uh, that 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 the uh, that he's been working on for the ENF. Absolutely. Let me just pull up a link here. Give me one second. Great. So free courses with rewards and free quests. Not too sure what that means. We're not talking about rewards yet, though. That is something that uh, is being worked on for the Learn Portal um, in okay. terms of entities that you can display as uh, kind of like a certificate, but actually has your grades and tracks your progress. More like a soulbound token. Love that. Then here we have on our public GitHub project boards. I just posted it here in the chat. These are the phase one courses that we're immediately working on. These are first going to become written guides. Uh, and then we're working on those simultaneously as they come out uh, as video guides as well. Uh, this is just phase one. This should be we're aiming at the middle of 2023 to complete these. And then there's a whole nother uh, roadmap of phase two guides, which are a little bit more advanced. They di dive deeper into some of the more technical aspects of the chain and also a lot more um, actionable guides. So things like creating a marketplace or creating a, a game or, uh, you know, just a couple different uh, templates that you can hit the ground running with and get your applications really ready very quickly. Um, we're also going to, along with that, be creating some actual templates so that you can simply build off of them without having to write all of the boilerplate yourself. There you go. Thank you very much for for that information. Uh, in terms of free airdrop, I mean, there's no there's no like project token airdrops these days, but there's definitely free NFT airdrops, and a lot of the promotions that we run include the chance of winning EOS as an airdrop through these contests. So if you're following, uh, you know, EOS Nation on Twitter, we do our weekly uh, hot sauce promotion contest, bblk.io front slash EOS Nation. Go there. There's always a contest running. Help us share the news about uh, the hot sauce and you can win some party crackers, which contains a whole variety of free prizes, which can be considered airdrops. Uh, the ENF is running contests as well. Uh, there was one for the holiday in December, the Lunar New Year in January. And so it, those are free to enter. Sometimes we want you to like and retweet stuff. Sometimes we're asking questions for your thoughts on various initiatives in the EOS ecosystem. And every time you get rewarded with some prizes, which can be considered free airdrops. So there you go. Thank you, Imran, for that question. All right. Wow, this is a long, this is a long question. Oh my God, I should have, I should have prepared a bit more for this. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to read it for the first time live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. So the name of this question comes from zero dot capital zero PS. Oh, oops. Or is that a face and PS? I don't know. Alternatives to, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Am I being trolled here? Yeah, I'm going to have to read this before reading it live on air. Um, and the last question we had from DJ Strika Nova addressed to the whole Fireside Chat, what are the best games on the EOS platforms and why do you like it? Um, I'm gonna throw out Uplan, of course, I've mentioned it a few times already. Uh, Uplan is definitely up there in all of the crypto sphere. 
but um, there's also, I don't know if uh, casino games counts, but there's also a couple nice casino platforms. I got hooked by the, <laughs> the great user interface of, uh, what was it, sportsbet.one recently. Started betting on the World Cup, ended up playing some blackjack, lost a few hundred EOS, great times. Um, challenge deck, uh, Chase coming in with the challenge deck uh, recommendation. Is that a is that a game though? I guess it can be considered a game. Uh, oh, that'll qualify. It qualifies in my opinion. Um, there was a there, there was a couple of other games couple years ago, but I'm not sure if they're still uh, on there. But um, with the EOS EVM coming soon, I think we're going to definitely see a surge of games available on the EOS platform, especially through the EOS EVM. Um, so, so definitely there's going to be a lot, uh, a lot more uh, answers to this question in, in a couple months, in my opinion. Um, here, looking back at the chat. What did we have? Uh, Aaron, regarding the benefits of using the EOS network and the competitive advantages, Aaron shares that the transaction signing process has a ton of potential beyond what any other chain offers at the moment as well. So Aaron definitely knows what he's talking about when talking about the transaction signing process as the lead, uh, as the lead for the very popular Anchor wallet, of course. So there you go. Those were the questions uh, for today. If um, so, at this point, we're just gonna we're open it up to uh, the community open mic section. If you have comments, questions, you want to share updates about your projects, whatever it is, uh, I'll invite you to join us on stage. And um, while I play a bit of music, I will read this last comment and this last question here that I skipped to see if it's uh, if it's relevant for us on the far side. So uh, I've seen Upland uh, recommend. Like, what do you do in Upland? Take over the world. It's a um, kind of like Monopoly, but with the actual maps of actual cities out there, and then your person... kind of like a board game type thing. Kind of, yeah. Um, it will eventually. It is a metaverse, and they do plan on going 3d and you know full metaverse experience eventually right now i think it's 2d i was playing a plan when it first launched uh but unfortunately these days i don't have time uh for uh, many games so i'm not fully up to date on the latest and greatest of a plan but you know when i was playing basically your character moves around kind of randomly on the board in, in, in whatever city for example new york and then when you go over certain properties, you can buy them. Or if you want to teleport to another section of the city, then you need to pay uh, the property owner that you use to teleport. Um, there's uh, treasure hunts where you can find prizes in these properties. Um, so that's kind of 
my very basic overview of, of what I remember uh, of a plan when I when I played it for a bit when it launched. Uh, Prospectors, another another one, great game. That's right. So this was launched on Wax, but is also now live on EOS. Actually, it was launched on basically both networks at the same time. Um, thank you, Optic Red Rum, for uh, bringing that up again. Prospectors, another game that I I, I joined, but I have not played in a while. EOS Knights. Also a game I joined and played for a while, but I don't think that exists anymore. Lewis here flexing his bag of gold and PGL in the Prospectors game. Congratulations, Lewis. If anyone else has some more details about a planner, if they're, if they're playing, we'd love to hear from you guys, of course. There's this great game on EOS where you can create value in the real world and get rewarded by the community for continuing to create value. It's called Pomelo. <laughs> hey everyone. This is Jesse with the bees. Uh, speaking of Pomelo, um, I'd like to, first of all, thank the Pomelo team uh, very much and all the donors out there. Uh, we were recently able to claim our matching funds. And I want to give an update on um, what we're thinking at the bees uh, for our matching funds. So the way we set up the grant is, um, depending on how much we raise, we have a certain amount of swarms. And we have, uh, based on the numbers on the grant, there are 30 swarms that essentially we raised. And the price per swarm was higher um, this season because we have this comments. So I can't remember, but one of the fireside chats that came on and introduced swarm with comments. This was feedback from the community. And I, I think I mentioned that there are definitely uh, scaling issues. Um, so we can set up our swarms in different ways. Uh, one of them is um, right now we have around uh, 400 bees and um, we can offer that all 400 bees can submit a comment. Um, but in order to um, filter and promote thoughtful comments, they submit a comment through a chatbot and um, our team reviews it and gives it um, one out of three scores, uh, denied, good, or great. And uh, it's, it's quite labor intensive. I mean, that's why the, the, the cost was high, but um, we've really been working on this, on how to scale this. And I think that uh, we have a good solution that we're working on. And um, basically um, throughout when we started doing these comments, we were able to see you know, which bees are more thoughtful than others. And the cream is rising to the top, as they say. And so we're, we're um, building this kind of, I guess it's like a mid-tier between uh, swarms with no comments and swarms with comments. Um, we're building like a special uh, comment group of the best commenters. And instead of having to deal with 400 comments, we're, we're trying to build up to, you know, like 20 comments. And so I think that we can significantly reduce our cost 
for the swarms and um, offer maybe even 60 instead of 30 swarms. Um, I, I don't want to like promise everything. We owe at least 30 swarms. Um, it's definitely going to be more than 30 swarms. Um, we are still working that out. And so I just wanted to let the community know that we're going to be spending the rest of this month kind of building this. And we want to just knock it out of the park, just do a lot of swarming um, in March. And that'll be great because that's when uh, ne the next Palmella season starts. And hopefully these, these great um, innovations in EOS and the EVM and may you know, maybe some more details. I mean, the, the big IVC announcement came out. And I think uh, not exactly, I don't exactly remember when um, EVM is supposed to come out. But um, yeah, we're going to be spending some time to kind of lower that cost um, for the network, for our swarms. And we'll get some great comments. And so, um, yeah, we'll be like um, a little um, relatively less quieter. Um, call it like a building phase for the rest of this month. And then watch out in March. So, yeah, that's our update. Um, and again, uh, thank you uh, to the Pomelo team, um, the EOS Network Foundation, and all the donors um, for another great Pomelo season. It is allowing the bees uh, to survive and exist and um, bring value to EOS. Um, and so, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Excellent. I need to find myself a bees sound effect for when you share these great bee updates. Um, Lewis interested here in the chat, asking some questions about the swarms. Looks like he's uh, he's going to be DMing you, uh, Jesse. All right, so um, back to our community questions. Was that a bee sound effect that I heard? Um, so this is a, actually is a very nice comment. It's actually fairly long. I'm going to read it out uh, for everyone. Um, it's actually obviously a very interesting topic talking about AI, ChatGPT, three, all of that stuff. So from Zero.Ops, uh, the comment goes as follows. So this is alternatives to EOS for the Web3 era accelerated by GPT. Competition between Google and Microsoft is intensifying over the generated artificial intelligence market, which is drawing attention as a game changer. Recently, global big tech's movement to take the lead in the generated AI market seems to be accelerating as it has proven that OpenAI's interactive chat GPT can replace human tasks such as writing reports and coding using AI. Web3 is the third generation worldwide web that leverages distributed technologies such as blockchain to enable new forms of online interactions and applications. ChatGPT, on the other hand, is a large language model developed by OpenAI that can be used to generate human-like text. Web3 and ChatGPT are not directly related, but both are related to the field of artificial intelligence and the development of new technologies. Web3 technology can be used in conjunction with ChatGPT to create new and innovative applications, but it has not yet been identified. In addition really? to GameFi and Metaverse, EOS also needs to prepare for the AI era. Therefore, we propose discussion topics to the ENF and participants. One, improving the quality and safety of artificial intelligence services by storing and managing blockchain-based data. Two, 
discovery of an artificial intelligence business model that combines blockchain. Three, support for the implementation of explainable artificial intelligence. Four, intellectual property rights, issues of the learning data model and means of payment of user fees. Five, proposal for additional GPU resource leasing and compensation support services. Image generation model, example, Boyd. Six, identification layer that shows that you are a real human being, formerly voice. GPT is blowing a warm breeze in the ICT industry ecosystem, but artificial intelligence will not benefit everyone. In the Web3 ecosystem, I think it's time for EOS to get ready to embrace it. You may already be preparing ahead of time, but you also need to share your future vision with participants. Thank you. All right, thank you very much for this nice, long, well-written comment. I'm gonna share kind of the six items um, from this comment in the chat here for anyone who wants to uh, review them once more. And I'm gonna invite Nathan James to maybe comment on this. I know I've seen Nathan posting a lot about AI on Twitter. Uh, I've recently followed more and more people that are offering free guides to ChatGPT and various applications and how to be a pro at prompting ChatGPT. Unfortunately, I've had no time to play around with these tools, which makes me very sad and anxious a bit, to be honest. Um, but maybe Nathan James has some thoughts on this. I mean, we're in the blockchain world. We know what a boom looks like. Um, this is a very large boom, and ignoring it is at your own risk. It's like a futile attempt at this point. There are definitely some synergies between uh, blockchain and AI. I particularly like the fact that they um, they talked about uh, data on the blockchain because that's something that I've all, all, also talked about in the past. We have this enormous amount of public information which is now able to be fed into these uh, large language models and basically predict outcomes of all different types, whether it's games and user behavior, user experience, uh, whether it's you know market data or just other types of data. Uh, there's a large, large gap and possibilities there for anybody who wants to take advantage of it. And I haven't really seen many people taking advantage of that cross-section between Web3 and artificial intelligence. So it very much excites me. It's going to be definitely our goal. Um, like one thing we want to, like one I'm considering for uh, the Pomelo grant uh, is drafting is basically an NFT uh, search engine in the sense that all NFT sites, they usually you can, when you search, it's just like for the collection name. What if you could have like, you know, a bot that, you know, co collects all the images from all these NFTs, runs them for, you know, like a clip tool that, that tells you the content of that image and then like uh, spits it back out in some sort of searchable index. Then people can actually look at for content within an NFT to add like on top of that to use the effect network like you could uh, validate it, too. So it, let's say some people build a model where you have uh, image recognition. Uh, you it's very helpful to have workers uh, say, is it actually accurate or not? Is it accurate? Rated on one to 10. And so we, we could like build up this giant database, just evaluating uh, image recognition and simultaneously build up a database uh, for using like uh, uh, for searching for any NFT 
based on content, like, you know, does this dog ha- have a hat, stuff like that. So that's definitely stuff we're going to, we're working on right now. And you guys, so you guys have been in this probably longer than most people, especially at that cross section. Um, what do you think are the biggest hurdles are going to be for people just joining the ecos- the cross section of those two ecosystems right now? For those who don't know, DJ Strikanova is an active member of the Effect AI community. Just to put some context here for people, um, the the biggest cross section. I that's a good question. Say, I guess for now, the question is, people are going to ask why use blockchain to begin with, right? And I think uh, I think in the future, there's going to be a big narrative shift where it's going to be a battle between centralized artificial intelligence and decentralized artificial intelligence. Because we all know that open, open AI is going to be, all, it's basically owned by Microsoft, right? They're being in, ChatGPT is going to be embedded in Bing. And like, they're, like, their technology is amazing, but they're like a megacorp, right? Like, they're going to have, the challenger is Google's Bard, but they're also a megacorp. So the question is, like, in the future, are we going to want megacorps to control, like, this incredibly powerful tool, or are we want to have, like, a decentralized AI? So I think the challenge will be is just for the same reason why we like decentralized finance, is going to be the same reason why we would want decentralized AI in the sense that it's not controlled by one single entity that makes the decisions, like, you can distribute like uh, you know model computation. Like for example, another idea I have kind of tangent to this is like a bunch of GPU miners stop doing it because uh, Ethereum isn't profitable to mine. But all this computation power can reduce costs for you know uh, doing uh, AI models st- stuff, computing all that. So like I, I like my vision of the future is decentralized AI will become a thing, and it will be rise in challenge to the megacorps having centralized AI. Hope that answers the question somewhat. I I very much agree with that. Absolutely. It's been one of those problems. Like the biggest um, prompt that I've seen go viral is uh, Dan, D-A-N, which is uh, hilarious that it's named that. But it's like the way to bypass ChatGPT's um, policy restriction auto comment. Uh, And I think that, like you mentioned, having these organizations be able to tell us what is, uh, I hate using this word, but quote unquote woke, um, is not really always in our benefit. It's kind of like a narrative spin. Uh, and we, as Web3 communities, usually dislike that kind of ultimatum control, dystopian kind of feeling of, hey, you're controlling everything about my life. So there's, there's absolutely going to be something there in the future. And this is now when it's just free. Like, imagine once it starts being monetized, they're gonna inject advertisements into this. You're gonna be asking a prompt, and they'll like try. They'll like it'll be like a perfect way to trick you into going to McDonald's. Like, the, they're they're gonna, right now. OpenAI is like burning money, hosting it for everyone, even if they're a subscription fee. Like with like Bing Search, for example. Like for search, like one reason I think Google didn't is late to the party is because I think it's more profitable, their search compared to AI. And so the question is, how are they going to monetize it? They can't have a search cost money. Uh, otherwise, Web2 search will still remain dominant. So they're going to have to inject advertisement some way. And it may be like just literally pers- like sponsored content, like literally persuading you. So yeah, that's like why I'm a big advocate of decentralized AI, because like you can't trust the megacorps to be in your best interest. 
I guess my question would be like decentralized in what aspect, right? Because like decentralized ownership, open source software, open source uh, training models, um, that is all fantastic. But the barring some sort of quantum leap in technology, it will not be possible to do uh, decentralized AI computation. Like Boyd was brought up, for example. So if we had, you know, a thousand EOS members who are distributed across the globe and each have one GPU, like it wouldn't be possible to do chat GPT things in like a reasonable amount of time. Well, it's I mean, possible, they're already actually. having I issues. Can... I do it right now. They're already like, having they're issues trying... scaling past. Well, well, I mean, okay. I'd love to hear you expand on that. I can, but uh, I mean, to finish. I, well, so they're well, already having, they're already having oh, issues expanding past, you know, a, a, a trillion or so neurons because they can't communicate fast enough between the memory and the processor in a single rack. Like 80% of the, the, the cost of an AI model is the communication between the memory and the GPU, and that's with a single board. So I don't want to make like a nobody will ever need more than 64 kilobytes of RAM kind of statement, but expanding that across the globe or even across the, a geographically distributed area is just going to make it that much more challenging. So if you, if you have a solution to that, I, I'd love to hear it. But, um, I mean, there Absolutely. have been I agree projects that, that have tried that. Go ahead. I agree it's going to be super challenging. But uh, that's part of the fun because right now there are, like, uh, I linked the Cobalt board, which is, like, basically I can, using my GPU, like, I... My 3090, I can host a node uh, that I can uh, do like a 13, like uh, I think it's like 6.7 billion parameter type uh, LLMs. So yeah, it's true that this isn't big. Cheap, cheap. I forgot how many parameters, but it's much, much bigger. So I think we're still kind of at the very beginning, uh, where in the sense that not really much of a decentralized option. And so, but if you said decentralized in what way? It would involve the open source code. It would involve open source generated data, it would have to require like decentralized computation, similar to how crypto mining works where GPUs can be collected in a cluster to do uh, transactions. And uh, so I won't say like, I would say distributed like, works, but it's not blockchain yet. Like there's, I think there's BitTensor, what was it? Uh, with its Tau that wants to do something like this. Um, but basically I, like, I see the trend towards this where it's going to become way to compete because uh there's a lot of if we can be paralyzed stuff like chat gpt then the computation cost will go down because uh like another problem with ai is if everyone wants to use it there's going to be lots and lots of demand for the computation prices will rise but then it becomes unaffordable for everyone right so uh uh so yeah i, I hope uh only want to disagree with you in the sense that I can like do lower level LMs right now in a distributed cluster, but uh, yeah, like you can't do Jet GPT like uh, collectively just yet. That's for sure. But it's I think it's something that we definitely want in the future. So I saw an interesting post actually today from Andre Kronje, um, you know, top DeFi dev in the blockchain space. He tweeted and. Let me share it, which will echo what Zach just said. He tweeted, please stop asking Phantom about AI. So Andre works for the Phantom blockchain these days. AI and blockchains don't mix. And then the image and then the text he shares is that, you know, blockchain equals slow by centralized standards, transparent and secure. 
AI equals high throughput, opaque, and a black box. He continues saying, I need to very clearly stress these two things do not mix. That's like asking, what role do you see for Coca-Cola in the construction industry? Blockchain and AI are not complementary, and for now, anyone that jumps on the AI bandwagon is simply doing so for pump and dump reasons. He's talking about crypto, of course. If you see a project all of a sudden pivot to AI, it just means they had nothing and they are dead in the water. If, and that's a very unlikely if, we get to a point where blockchains could handle the kind of throughput required that a neural net needs, we might be able to see them on chain. But even then, the question would be, but why? Blockchains don't improve AI and AI doesn't improve blockchain. So I'm not saying I agree with all that, but I thought it was kind of uh, an interesting comment uh, from Andre that I saw today, which is obviously very relevant to the comment that was asked and the discussion we're having now. So I figured I'd chat that. How uninspiring, says Nathan James. Yeah. I think currently the way Singularity Net and Fetch, they do it as like an Oracle where you kind of run your own like server doing the transactions then you can uh, basically well, can pay using the crypto to, to do it. And, uh, but I think even that's going to be a better model than depending on, you know, Google or Microsoft. So, yeah, I don't think there will be a... I think he's correct in that blockchains are super slow. I mean, uh, they, they are. But the benefits of decentralization are worth it, right? And so I think even where we have like a way where you can have like 10 different... Like, you know, it's a... What if you could have AI computation be trustless? Or something like that, where you have like a hundred people generating something, and then to make sure like they all are doing it fairly, like it will be m much more inefficient, but it will be decentralized. And so that's why, harking back to like the original idea, is it will be the question of centralization versus, versus decentralization. Blockchain is is good for money, you know, exchange of value. It's good for proving the state of the code that's being run, perhaps, or proving the state of the model. Um, but like having a bunch of different people solve the same problem with AI independently just sounds super expensive. Like, for example, to run GPT-3, it takes eight A100 GPUs, each of which costs $32,000. Um, like, that's not something I can ever run at home. There are models I can run at home, but if I can run it at home with my GPU, like, why, why would I pay someone else to do that, I guess? So... I don't know. I, th I think there is a place for blockchain and AI and a limited capacity to provide value exchange and to provide uh, provability that the system was at a particular state at a particular time. But I don't see a, a space, at least in the next 10 years, barring some crazy innovation where people will be doing decentralized artificial intelligence. And I'd love to be wrong. I mean, this, this is really just looking at it of the point of having uh, artificial intelligence on chain. Yes. I'm going to assume the answer to that is yes. Um, that's, of course, not the only thing that we can use uh, either for. So blockchain does have the ability to provide, uh, like we mentioned before, data for AI to be able to run through models. Uh, it has the ability to provide Funny mechanisms for trainers, like we've seen, uh, as somebody mentioned, um, Boyd doing. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if anybody here saw the uh, articles about the $2 a day African uh, trainers who are getting basically shafted, shafted and the ability for blockchain to help solve that. Uh, there's also the other way around. So the ability for AI to help us solve problems within blockchain. So just having some 
AI who's specifically trained on various different blockchains and how they work on from a you know technical perspective, being able to chat with that AI and go back and forth. Because humans, we we can't, I mean, I can learn uh, five different blockchains, but I'm not going to know everything about these blockchains, whereas an AI will have a much better memory uh, and better ability to kind of put the pieces together that I might miss or uh, have answers to questions that I might uh, not be able to come up with myself just due to poor memory. Uh, so I do think that outside of having AI running on blockchain or having blockchain um uh, be part of AI itself. There are, is a lot of different ways that those two things can provide synergy for each other uh, creatively. I think the biggest role for blockchain with regard to AI is that of governance. The, as an, an editorial role, so to speak, who's running it, who's deciding its sentiments. As a proof, uh, try asking ChatGPT uh, if, the, if the WEF is trying to gain control of the world. Now, that's a controversial uh, question, and you may think it, its answer is correct or not, but it's, it appears to be an editorial question. So blockchain being, being slow and immutable, I think it has a huge role. In fact, it may have an existential role to humanity. Voila. I think uh, the only, I think with Zach, I think it's just just a question: is how 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 decentralized do you want it? Because because for me, it's really more just like something better than. You know, trillion dollar companies holding control of AI and all of us depending on their black box, you know. Uh, something where you can have your own hardware and like uh, have a space where you can be rewarded for providing your own computation for someone else and then you can use it for your own computation when you need it. Uh, so I would say, like, I guess uh, decentralized AI, yeah, I think it would take like a long time. As you said, ten years out, but definitely more decentralized for sure. That's something that's going to be much closer as a like I guess a theme compared to um, uh, centralized AI, which would be open AI. Its ironic name, Microsoft and uh, Google. Hey, I'm all for more decentralization where it's possible. Um, to the point made about governance, I don't know if you guys have heard about Noam Brown's work with, um, he made an AI, his team made an AI that's strangely not based on neural nets, so I don't really know how it works, but um, his, they learned a lot about the optimal way to, I guess, play the game, not actually run a government, but it has implications for governance. Um, so that's something interesting to look up if you guys haven't heard about that. Repeat the name, please. Noam Brown is the name. I'll share. Um, um, please. N O A M B R O W N. I'll share the podcast that I listened to in the chat. Yeah, 
the the model for that that I just suggested for for AI uh, came to mind because it's exactly what I'm trying to do with my DNews dot zone website, which is aggregating the content of our ecosystem. Uh, what I'm trying to do is suggest that a decentralized uh, a DAO control the content, and I'm trying to do it in the you know, trying to create the the interface for that in the simplest way possible so that we can take that very first step with the least amount of friction uh, but it's the same idea you know who's going to control the, the artificial intelligence is essentially the same question as who's going to control the stream of publishing sources so I think it's useful to develop that concept uh, of decentralized governance with regard with regard to to media, or or you could think of AI in the future as a form of media, if it's going to ser serve up search. So I hope the community uh, uh, shares that that uh, thought with me. Thank you. That's a good point. That's exactly is going to be media because that's how most people will treat it. If it replaces search, that means the AI controls the results, uh, has its own framing and bias based on who owns it. So decentralized at the very least means uh, we don't have one single source uh, controlling that. To Tony's uh, question in chat, I, I'm not referring to WBF, I'm referring to WEF. Are you, there you go. Thank you, Gordon. I definitely think we can't sleep on this. Like, um, you know, Nathan's been on about AI a lot longer than I have. I kind of slept on it for a while because AI was one of those things where it's like, we're always just 20 years away from strong AI, like ever since 1950. So I just kind of ignored it while I went through my computer science education. But like ChatGPT really turned me around on that. Like a, a CNBC video called it an iPhone moment, and I tend to agree. And, um, you know, I've been advocating internally in the ENF for us to use AI and have gotten support from nearly everyone um, to use services like ChatGPT to augment our ability to do our jobs. And so I hope that everyone else here does that as well as they contribute to the EOS ecosystem or, or just whatever you do in your life. Um, I do think that we should take advantage of AI and use it to augment our ability to do what we're already doing because it's very, very powerful. I've been using uh, the GitHub, uh, GitHub's Copilot. Uh, I like it a lot. It makes tedious stuff go by quicker, which is why exactly I am jumping on the gun that needs to be decentralized because their product is so good. And if everyone uses it, then it's kind of like you know, uh, the whole country, like the whole world, will be con controlled by like free mega corporations. I'm not even sure if I know how to code anymore without Copilot.
So since Robot Stefan is getting bored, I can uh, share a couple of my thoughts about uh, both AI and then also an update. This is Dan Singoy, by the way. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I'm just imagining how it would be if Stefan hosted every episode using that voice the whole time. It sounds pretty cool. Um, thank you. So, yeah, um, with the AI, super interesting conversation. Thanks for uh, bringing it up and whoever asked that question uh, and all the great conversation. Great to hear from the Effect AI team. I've really been appreciating that you've been joining and sharing a lot of insights lately and excited to learn more. And um, I've also been exploring a lot about stability AI and stable diffusion and chat GPT and it's going to be fascinating times ahead, very challenging times ahead, too. It's going to be wild. Uh, and I think that EOS has a very big role to play. I agree with what Perry was saying, that um, it's very important how it's governed, and that's very important for humanity and civilization as a whole. So thanks for the great discussion with AI. And then uh, I suppose I'll move on to a couple of different updates that I can briefly share with the community, um, unless, of course, anybody wants to say anything first. No. No. <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds good. Um, so. Um, a, a couple updates. Uh, one, I, I don't know if, uh, if if we've updated about the Eden Fractal in a while uh, on the EOS Fireside chat, but I figure now is a good time. So we just had our 36th meeting um, that just ended a couple hours ago, and we had an excellent meeting. Um, and things are progressing quite a lot, and the whole community is cooperating much better and much more gracefully. We have several systems that I think I updated, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, but we're using the Eden Plus Fractal process and electing delegates and making polls on consortium and proposing topics. And so <clears throat> we have all sorts of systems to have good, moderate conversations and very productive. Uh, in the past week, we made uh, several, uh, we approved several proposals. Um, so, well, for one thing, um, <clears throat> there's a great engineer in the group named Tadasvi Kunas who released a app called Fractogram, which I'll mention in a moment, which is uh, super helpful. And yeah, the two proposals that the, that the delegates approved were to reconfigure the Eden.Fractal MSIG for the Eden.Fractal account. So the new configuration includes six new, six new signatories, six new people who join the MSIG, and there's a smart time delay system, and there's also a custom permission in there. So we're getting details of using the envelope features to help us secure the, the community and be able to make sure that that account works well. And um, I'll share, I've also been making show notes every week too at edenfractal.com slash 35. I'll share it in the, uh, in the link or in the chat rather so people can check it out. But basically every week we're publishing videos uh, on the Eden Creators YouTube channel. And then we're also, um, I've been curating some show notes on the websites at like edenbreckle.com slash 35. Actually, I should have made that link better with HTTPS, so I'll fix that in a moment. But um, yeah, basically, you can keep up there and see timestamps as well as highlights of the article. And um, there's much more coming soon, of course. And then a couple other things I'll, I'll say too. One about the Fractogram app. Um, so that's an innovative uh, Telegram web app that helps communities cooperate with the practically and specifically the Eden plus practical consensus process. So it's an app where it like pre-makes polls and make it really easy for people to do the process where people rank each other's contributions one through six and elect the delegate and so forth. And then it has an integration directly with the web app that's an on-chain app that Vlad is building for a while now um, that inputs the, um, the consensus results on-chain. So people can vote on Telegram and then basically hit a couple buttons really quick and then hit submit and then it gets submit on-chain. So it's uh, super, super helpful. I'm really excited about it. It's got a great name too, Fractogram. I'll share the link in the chat here to the introductory article and also on the edenfractal.com slash 35. There's also a uh, little story that I wrote about it where it kind of curates uh, some of 
the presentations that Tadas built. I just shared it again uh, with the proper uh, HTTPS, so you can now see it and easily click on it. And uh, one other thing I think I'll share, um, well, for, for one thing, for anybody who's not familiar with Tadas, you can check out um, a podcast that I did with Tadas. I released a new show called Creator Talk. It's, uh, you can find it at creatortalk.show, and so you can learn about Tadas there. He's also been innovating in many other ways. He created the Eden Plus Factor process and the moderator guidelines, and he proposed the MC actually. So he's an all star as well as many other people in the community doing amazing work. It's super inspiring. Um, and then the last thing I'll share too is that I've also been uh, upping the game with Eden Town Halls too. So I recently launched a first version of EdenTownHall.com where you can uh, see all the past episodes. There'll be much more coming soon with show notes similar to Eden Fractal show notes. And We've been making, I've been making cool thumbnails and hosting some great conversations in the past few weeks. We talked about in the art fractal that Eric Westrick has been hosting. Um, he's doing a new fractal where people are contributing in a local art community to help promote art and make the world better through art. I'll share the link in the chat now so you can check that out. Uh, and then we also talked with Gabriel, who's been building a awesome place in Mexico, Camazotes, a regen living haven. And we talked with Haifa team. We talked with... Um, who came from Haifa, and then some chief delegates after the election. So check out the Eden Creators YouTube channel and the uh, the town halls to learn more. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to share it. And yeah, and the Creator Talk and the Eden Fractal and um, all those other things. Hope you all enjoyed them. Uh, also, Patrick mentioned too, we have an Eden Fractal update number five coming out soon and the Antelope Swiss Workshop with more updates too, as well as brainstorming sessions. So thank you very much and hope you enjoy. Thanks. <laughs> thank you <laughs> I just want to jump in and say thank you very much to uh, Dancing Joy for the Eden Fractal of today that was the best one very well moderated uh, I have never seen a workshop or let's say uh, people able to, to work like this I am since uh, June in it and I can say uh, exactly how it is going so today that was the beginning of uh, um, a good adventure that we will have. We have processes there, very well crafted, deterministic, that let the people to, to behave into the perimeter of those processes. That's very encouraging for Eden on EOS also going more and more in a sandboxing way, I repeat. And uh, yeah, so I encourage the people to join the Eden Fractal meeting that's on the Wednesday at 16. 100 UTC, and we have also brainstorming session every two weeks on the Tuesday at 1600 UTC. The next one is for uh, next Tuesday, and there we are uh, diving into the complexity of the proposal to decomplexify the complexity. That's the goal, and very happy to be with all the those great minds that we have into Eden Fractal and. That's upgrade your mindset when you are joining those uh, meetings. So open your mind and press the reset button. Thank you. Stick to the mission. Stick to the mission. <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick. And yeah, I'll just uh, just repeat that one thing Patrick said. I, I invite everybody, encourage everybody to join Eden Fractal meetings. Um, they're super fun. We meet every Wednesday. Uh, we start the Eden Plus Fractal breakout rooms at 16 UTC, but we meet at 1530 UTC, so a half hour early. Um, and then we have another hour scheduled afterwards for agendas, which is community agendas where we discuss proposals and topics and so forth. So, and then sometimes we talk a bit, bit after, but you don't have to stay for the full time. You can just uh, come for however much time. If you want to just 
stop by and say hello. The links are in um, the Eden members chat and the Eden on EOS chat usually. And also I'll share a link to the Telegram group for Eden Fractal. That's t.me slash Eden Fractal. And uh, yeah, you're welcome to join for just the first hour. Or if you want to just join and say hello ever, uh, we're very happy to have new people. And we meet every Wednesday. And you can also learn more at EdenFractal.com. So thank you, Patrick. And thank you very much, everybody. Go EOS. And to uh, <laughs> joy, I am no more Pat Nova Joy, I am Pat Nova Bat. Thank you. Humans are so human. I am the Batman. Patrick, my friend, your audio is like super low, just so you know. I am Pat Nova Bat. All right. Thank you, everyone, for that great conversation. Thanks for sharing those Eden Fractal updates to Dan and Pat Novabat. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who submitted comments and questions through the, the forum. Led to a great discussion. This was really cool. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, um, going to give you guys a last chance for anyone to add a final comment or share something. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up. One thing that I'll add real quick is Lenny just shared a link to Eden Factor recaps in addition to doing the recaps for the delegate meetings and also uh, for Eden in general. And he's also been doing awesome recaps each week for the Eden Fractal. So big thank you to Lenny. And that can be an excellent way to um, catch up with the progress in a very quick and easy to read form. Thank you. Okay. Let's do this. All right, that's it for us today. Thank you everyone for joining. Thank you everyone for participating. Thanks for sharing images, spamming, spamming the emojis, jumping on the live chat, doing all the cool things that helps make this show interesting for everyone. Um, that's it for me. I'll see you guys in two weeks, but next week Aww. you will have a guest host um, hanging out with you guys. I'm sure it'll be great. And so, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, that's it for, for us for today. And until next week, one, two, three, two, let's three. go. Go Eos. Go Eos. Go Eos. Go Eos. Go Eos. Go Eos.